Well, today we begin a new series called Pray, Live, Give. And it will be our January series. Throughout the past few Januaries, over the past few years, in January we've done a series on the church vision. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. Or this year we're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to talk about the church vision, but we wanted to highlight these three areas. Uh, Prayer, especially corporate prayer. A living, and, and what that means is living out the church vision. Even more than talking about it, living it out. And then giving as areas that we want to give attention to. As we enter into the new year. And so today we begin with prayer. Um, In just a little bit, we'll actually be breaking off and praying together during this service. And um, we've done this a few times. There's a history of us doing this. A few years ago, one of our preachers got super sick last minute and just absolutely could not preach. I mean, sometimes... Uh, We preach sick, and by the grace of God, he enables us to do it. But, I mean, this guy was super sick, and so last minute we said, you know what? Instead of a message, we're just going to pray together. And so we did that, and afterwards, we looked back on it. We said, wow, God really used that time. God moved in a powerful way. And shortly after that, a different preacher, last minute, got super sick so that he couldn't preach. And so we did the same thing. And then afterwards, we looked back on it and said, wow, like we really sensed that God moved during this time. And so, you know, reflecting on these things, we decided, hey, let's not just wait until our preachers get really, really sick in order to pray. Let's actually plan ahead and build these into our yearly calendar. Um, Not too much, but also not too little. So we're going to be doing that this morning. And I'm looking forward to it. But before we do that, every time we gather on a Sunday morning, we want to make sure we're hearing from God's word. So we're going to walk through scripture together. Um, I'm going to share with you a few principles taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 13. Uh, So if you're able to, I invite you to follow along in a Bible, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 13. And um, since it was read earlier, I'll just, I'll recap it for us. So one day, King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, was sitting in his royal quarters. It was a normal day. Uh, He was probably practicing his polo swing or something. Um, And then all of a sudden, messengers burst through the door and said, King! There's this huge army on its way. Uh, uh, An army from Moab and Ammon and and the the Meunites. And they've all gathered together. They've already crossed the Red Sea. They're working their way up the coast and they're almost here. They're already at Hazazan Tamar. And the king was terrified. I mean, this is three countries against his one country. This massive army probably far outnumbered the Judah army. So the king was terrified. I mean, they are right there. And so what does he do? He throws himself on the ground. He does some push-ups. He looks in the mirror. He flexes his muscle, and he's like, you got this, baby. You got this. 
Who's the king? Who's the king? Who's the king? Who's the king? No. He says, go, 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 go. Tell everyone we got to pray. We got to fast. Spread the word. Let everyone know. Meet me in front of the temple as soon as you can get there. And so pretty soon word spreads. And people start pouring in to the capital from every direction. Just crowds and crowds of people flooding into the capital until all of a sudden there's this huge crowd standing in front of the temple. And King Jehoshaphat steps up. And he doesn't say... Do not fear, O you people. I am your king. I will lead you through this time. No. He says, O God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? In your hand are power and might, so that none can withstand you. And did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel to give forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? And the people have lived here and built a sanctuary for your name and have said, praying, O God, if disaster comes upon us, sword or judgment or pestilence or or famine, and we come before this house, And before you, because your name is on this house. And we cry out to you in our affliction. Oh God, please hear and save us. And now, behold, these people from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, the same people who you told Israel when they were coming out of Egypt to leave these people alone, to not invade them and destroy them. These same people repay us by coming against us this day to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do. We do not know what to do. But our eyes are on you. And you know, a little while later, the answer came that God would save them. And boom, he did just that. And I am so struck by this prayer. And when we look at it, I think we can find at least three key points, three key principles to take away. Uh, And they come from Jehoshaphat's response, how Jehoshaphat responded, how the people responded, and then how the prayer ended. So let's look at them. Number one, how Jehoshaphat responded. I just want us to stop and, and put ourselves in his shoes to think through this scenario, this massive army is right there. They've traveled so far, and at this point, they are literally knocking on the door. Pressure 
is mounting. You know, if that was me, I might launch into planning mode or some people, or I might launch into panic mode or might freeze or whatever. I mean, they are right there. And they're not coming to like arm wrestle. They're coming for destruction. So what does he do? He prays. Before he does anything, he prays. Before he strategizes, before he dresses for war, he stops and he prays. And don't get me wrong, I'm not against strategy, and I'm not against planning, and I'm not against processes. I think these things are necessary and wise, but they never take the place of prayer. You know, I think prayer and doing go hand in hand. But sometimes we rush to the doing part. And Jehoshaphat didn't. You know, Jehoshaphat had this situation, this huge situation looming on the horizon. And here we are at the beginning of 2019. And for many of us, we're looking ahead at the coming year. You have a situation looming on the horizon. As you look forward to the coming year, you have a situation looming on the horizon. I think many of us could name something on an individual level. And I'm certain that as a church, um, that we could name something. In 2019, we will go through one of the biggest transitions we've ever had as a church. If you're you're new or... um, Visiting today, a, a few weeks back, our senior pastor, uh, Pastor Ralph, announced that he'll be transitioning um, from uh, this phase of ministry at this church um, in this year, and we are looking for a replacement. I mean, that's huge. So we look at that situation. We look at the situations in our lives on an individual level, and the question is, how will we respond? I want to encourage us, as it says in verse 3, to set our face to seek the Lord. And that leads me to the next point. So that's how Jehoshaphat responded. Next point, how the people responded. Look real quick at verses 4 and 13. I like how uh, uh, the verse 4 reads in the NIV. It says this, The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord, Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. In other words, people came from every direction. I mean, think of the whole country of Judah. Maybe we could picture it as this whole region of the Midwest. And imagine people from every single town in the Midwest coming to gather at this place. I mean, people must have traveled for miles. Other people must have made huge sacrifices to be there. You see, it wasn't just a select core of people. The emphasis really is that it was everybody who made it a point to be there. And then King Jehoshaphat didn't say, hey, we made a, um, a prayer guide for you to take home and apply to your personal devotions, and we just want you to go and do that on your own. I'm all for our one-on-one time with the Lord. And I will say that until I'm blue in the face. You know I believe that. 
so important, but what we see here is just how important it is that we pray all together. That we have times of praying all together, no matter what sacrifice we need to make. I mean, I'm, I think people probably traveled farther for this than Portage Park to here. They really made it a point to be there. And then I love verse 13. It emphasizes the same thing. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Isn't it a beautiful picture? People from all over, men and women, young and old, all standing as one, seeking the Lord. Amazing. And I just want us to hold on to that picture as we enter 2019 especially in light of this, this major transition that we have as a church coming up this year, that we would stand as one and seek the Lord, that we would make it a point. Can I poke at you a little bit? A, a, a few weeks back, an all-church prayer meeting um, was called to lift up this whole process. Right at the very beginning, we want to lift up this process before the Lord. Um, especially the key element of selecting the search committee. Uh, And so an all-church prayer meeting was called, and I know this is so important to many of us. I know that. And yet very few of us were able to make it out. Um, I think I could count on one hand how many people were actually able to make it out. And so, listen, I know we have various reasons. I get that. But I think we can do better in the coming year. I think we can take it up a notch. And so in the coming year, let's make it a point. Men and women, young and mature, to stand as one, seeking the Lord. Okay, how Jehoshaphat responded, how the people responded, now how the prayer ended. Look at verse 12. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Isn't that magnificent? I think this teaches us about the attitude behind prayer. Prayer is more than a religious formality that we kind of just sprinkle on. It's more than saying, God, here's my plans. And now I'm asking that you would make me, I mean my plans, successful. I think real prayer happens when we know our need for God. And so as we enter 2019, and as we think of the situations that we have on an individual level looming on the horizon, as we look ahead of the coming year, we're just that thing that we're thinking about. Or our situation as a church in the coming year. Prayer says, God, we need you. God, we don't know what the future holds, but you do. God, we don't always know what is best, but you do. God, we're desperate for you. God, we need you. So how Jehoshaphat responded with urgency. Dropped everything and he prayed. How the people responded as one. Everyone coming together to make it a point to pray. And and how the prayer ended dependence with that sense of our need for God. And so in 2019, may those aspects 
color our life as a church as we seek the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Oh God, we come before you and I thank you for this church. I thank you for the for the beautiful times of prayer that we've had as a church. I thank you for the people that I know are praying and are seeking you. I've seen it and I know it. And I pray all the more, God, that we would be a more and more prayerful church in the coming year. God, would you move among us and do a work among us? God, would you help us and lead us forward? In Jesus' name, amen.